How do they work? They work through smart contracts. Basically, simplest response, they work through smart contracts. Welcome to another episode of Dr. Brooke on the Block. It's time to grab a seat, buckle up, and take a ride with me through the wild, wild west of the Web3 universe, where we're going to learn all about coins and tokens, NFTs and contracts, digital real estate and the metaverse, and so much more. There is a lot to get through on the block, but I am here to pave the way and help you avoid those nasty pitfalls and rug pulls so you don't get hurt. I'm going to also introduce you to some interesting characters along the way. Are you ready? Your ride starts now. What's up, what's up? Dr. Brooke here for yet another incredible ride through the wild, wild west of Web3, and I'm really excited about this episode. I know I say that about every single episode, but they just get better and better, and it's just super exciting. So much stuff is happening here. And today, before we kick off this ride, I kind of want to let you know what you're in for. Obviously, you know there is no co-pilot on today's episode. You get Dr. Brooke, your crypto proctor, teaching you today what a decentralized autonomous organization is and how that relates to the Web3 space and where we're headed in the future and how it will be a portion of how businesses or different uh, philanthropy projects uh, work to raise funding. And we'll talk about that. But before we get this ride kicked off, make sure your seatbelts are fastly tightened and you know you are prepared for a bumpy ride. There might be some terminology that you do not understand. And just a shameless little plug here, down in the show notes or down in the description, you will find my free mini dictionary, the words of web three that help define a lot of this terminology for you. So make sure you grab a copy of that. It is there for you and uh, handy to have while you are navigating this space. With that being said, let's define the term decentralized autonomous organization. Now, what is that? Okay. So I'm going to read the definition for you here. So by definition, a DAO DAO for short, Decentralized Autonomous Organization, DAO, is an entity designed to be fully autonomous, meaning it does not need anybody to function. It can work on its own and operable without a central point of control. So basically, these DAOs work in a way like where you don't need anybody at the helm to make this thing function. You don't need you know, a, a, a hierarchy of people, you know, a CEO and a COO and a manager and da, 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 to get the organization running. It's a flat organization. And this is something, an actual characteristic about a DAO that we're going to get into. I want to, I want to bring this to your point with it not being centralized and with it being able to be functional autonomously And without a central point of control, it is composed of a committee that agrees to comply with the set of rules. So essentially, we all come in collectively if we say we want to be a part of a DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. I'm going to keep saying it so it gets stuck in your head, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. That committee follows the certain rules 
for the common purpose. Now, you might be thinking, like, what common purpose and how the heck does that even function? And, like, what is that all about? I'm going to tell you right now what that all is all about. Now, there are many different types of DAOs, and I'm going to talk to you about that as we go. But most of them are for the purchase or for the purpose of making money. So essentially, like, if you and I and a couple other listeners listening to the show right now, if we all decided we wanted to go in and we wanted to purchase, let's say, the Mona Lisa. Well, I don't got billions of dollars to purchase that, and maybe you don't either. And so maybe we decide to pool together all of our financial assets because we want to, we want to say we own the Mona Lisa. So we pull, pool all our assets together, and we bid on that piece of artwork. Now, if we win the bid, we get that artwork, and part of our, you know, uh, agreement between the the four of us or the group of us that decided to go in and buy the Mona Lisa together between in our agreement written using blockchain technology written through smart contracts and I'll give you a brief uh, a, a brief description of a smart contract I've done a whole episode on this in the past but Basically, that agreement says, okay, Dr. Brooke owns 25% and you own another 25% and the other listeners own another 25 and another 25 and collectively that's the 100%. And so should we want to sell the Mona Lisa in the future for a higher price, those profits get divvied up, you know, 25, 25, 25, 25. Now, this has been structured in the past. We've had stuff like this where we, you know, have different crowdfunding projects uh, you you know you can even buy things. I think Kickstarter is a big one. Go uh, GoFundMe might not be necessarily like GoFundMe is. You know you can pool together a bunch of money for people to you know help with all sorts of ailments or you know funeral costs. All, all sorts of things GoFundMe does. But Kickstarter, let's use Kickstarter for an example. Kickstarter allows people to, or allows companies who might have new products coming out on the market, they are able to kind of crowdfund their initial investment, right? So I say, I'm going to buy their product. We've seen examples of this happen in the world in which we exist in today. Well, how is this working in a Web3 economy, in the Web3 space in which we are all being ushered into? Because Regardless of if you understand what's truly happening, it's happening moment by moment, like day by day, year by year, month month by month. And while you're sitting here listening, there are projects that are coming up. There are projects that are dying out. There are new innovations in the space and whatnot. So it is very important that you understand this might be, you might be coming in on this podcast on this episode. I will encourage you to go back to other episodes Solo Dr. Brooke episodes tend to be a lot of teaching points in Web3. When I have my co-pilots on the show, we talk about different projects they're involved in or where they see the future of this going and how they stumbled upon the Web3 space because it's vast, it's growing quickly, it's chaotic, and it's loud. So use this time to educate yourself on where we're going with this. I digress. (laughs) I digress. I apologize. But getting back to a decentralized autonomous organization, Kickstarter was what we used to use. What we will be using more of are these DAOs. 
And so let's talk about the five characteristics of what makes up a DAO. I mentioned earlier about the flat organization. There is no CEO, COO, managers, you know, worker bees and so on in that type of organizational model, uh, model, which is like a hierarchy, right? This is a flat organization. So decisions are made by the stakeholders. Going back to our Mona Lisa example, if four of us own the Mona Lisa, the four of us decide collectively if we're going to sell it or not and at what price point. Well, of course, maybe it's three to one on a voting scale. Well, that means that vote went through because three people agreed to sell it and one person didn't agree. But hey, they're part of the collective group. They're a stakeholder. So that could happen. They could lose what they want, but they have voting rights, kind of like a true democracy. So flat organization is the first characteristic. The next thing is that makes up a DAO is transparency. They are open sourced. A DAO must be open sourced and anyone can expect the code, aka the smart contract, the terms of the smart contract, and they can view the transaction history on the blockchain. This is a fascinating thing with blockchain technology, something I talk about very intently a lot of times about what blockchain technology is truly doing, and it is creating a lot of transparency. So a DAO being written on a blockchain or being put on a blockchain and written through smart contracts, having the you know uh, rules and regulations in which the, the shareholders or the stakeholders or the committee, quote unquote committee, is is agreeing on is all right there, transparent in the blockchain. The other thing a DAO, another characteristic of a DAO is that there's open access. Anybody, anyone in theory can essentially become a member of the DAO. So if I'm looking at different DAO projects and I'm you know stumbling in the Web3 space and I see this DAO, like what the heck DAO? I could look into it and I if I if it's something that aligns with what I want or I see what they're doing and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, cool. I want to be a part of this. I can be a part of it. There's open access. There is the ability to get in. Now, of course, there might be some quote unquote red tape in some of these. It might be a certain VIP level or status that you have to be at, or maybe you have to purchase an X amount of their governance token. That's one big thing that I missed, and I apologize. The governance token is what allows you the voting right in the DAO. So for instance, I'm just going to throw some random DAO out there, and not, and this is not a, a real DAO, so don't look this up. But like, let's say Puppy Dog DAO, okay? So we have Puppy Dog DAO. I can essentially research into that DAO, see what Puppy Dog DAO is doing and decide if I want to be a part of it. And then I purchase the governance token of the Puppy Dog DAO to have voting rights and the ability to be a part of that DAO. So it's kind of like buying my membership into the club, right? We all do this with gym memberships and so on. We pay to be part of that club. Some people have, you know, the the Bay Club memberships or Soho you know, those are the higher end things. And then other people, it's like 24-hour fitness. So it, it doesn't matter whatever the DAO is. If you buy that governance token, you can essentially access that DAO and be a part of the team. The fourth characteristic of a DAO is democracy. Demo- democracy. No single party 
can veto a vote once it has been voted upon. So when I use the example three to one, three of us voted to to sell the Mona Lisa. One of us did not. We can't have somebody come in and just say, oh, nope, never mind. Vetoed that. We're not selling that. That piece is not being sold. That is true democracy. When nothing can be changed once the people vote and make their voice heard and saying, hey, this is the way we want it. And ballots aren't counted twice in a DAO and things aren't gone haywire and it's not done by hand. It's literally done with full transparency of the blockchain and more specifically of the smart contracts. Fifth thing, and one of the biggest things that I believe uh, is so huge for DAOs is decentralization. The fifth part or the fifth, uh, what are, oh my goodness, the fifth characteristic, the fifth characteristic. I'm like, why can't I think of that word? The fifth characteristic of a DAO is decentralization. Literally, they rely on smart contracts. I know I've said this point so many times for execution. So this smart contract is literally, okay, like this is the rules in which we're following. Like now this DAO is running regardless of me changing my mind if I want to change the rules. So members of the DAO occasionally, like people here, like me and you, if we're part of this Mona Lisa DAO or this puppy dog DAO, uh, we can turn around and we can hire human resource people, like not your typical HR people, but we can hire human beings to fix issues like bugs or do different updates to the smart contract. But that also has to be voted upon by the group. We don't just have anybody come in. I can't just make a decision like, you know, I have 1% ownership into this DAO and I'm going to like turn around and say, yeah, we're bringing Harry Stone in and he's going to fix all this stuff. No, like it's voted on when there are issues and when there are updates that need to be made because organizations change to change the bylaws, to change the way that it's done. But again, this is all done through smart contracts. So some human resource, quote unquote, for those of you who aren't watching the video, uh, will come in, which end up being like tech, techie, software engineer guys come in and uh, fix things. So those are the five characteristics. We talked about flat organization. We talked about transparency. We talked about open access. We talked about democracy and we talked about decentralization. Those are the five components of a DAO. So how do they work? Boom, boom, boom. I've been hammering this point so many times. How do they work? They work through smart contracts. Basically, simplest response, they work through smart contracts. So we start Puppy Dog DAO. We say, okay, these are the rules in which Puppy Dog DAO is going to function. So we are going to create this DAO around it. We have our dog token, DOG token. And if you want to buy into DOG token, then you get voting rights on what dog Puppy Dog does like as an organization. Now, this sounds very trivial to use an example like Puppy Dog uh, DAO because it's like, well, what is puppy dog doing? Like, what are they like? How are they either a making money or how are they making impact in the world? Right? Like that, that just seems so trivial. Well, it's, it's important to note that a lot of different DAOs are being done for like 
I mentioned earlier, monetary gains, right? So it could be like a group of us going in and buying the Mona Lisa as a DAO. It could be a group of us coming together and saying, hey, we can't afford a $600,000 board ape yacht club NFT. But maybe collectively as a DAO, we can buy our own NFT collection as a group and be able to determine what happens with that NFT collection. So it's it's spreading wealth amongst the group. The other aspects of DAOs and how they can be used is also for philanthropy. Like people can crowdfund and raise money in a different type of way than just your GoFundMe or your Kickstarter programs. And you can literally create DAOs to, for philanthropy work. So you raise money and you decide as a collective group where the money's going. I know that Elon Musk's brother has started a DAO and forgive me for not knowing the name. Um, the, I, the thought just popped up in my mind about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. He, his brother started a DAO for some sort of environmental aspect to like either help plant trees or grow food. It was something very environmental, like green friendly, right? And so he created a DAO and raised up a lot of money for the charity work he was doing through that DAO. And that was like a a beautiful thing. So DAOs can be like have, there's, there's different types, the philanthropy, the collector kind, there could be like, you know, protocol. So we talked about philanthropy DAOs. We've talked about uh, collector DAOs, like protocol DAOs simply are just like uh, a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization that determines like, okay, this is the protocol in which we're going to follow. And these protocols are going to be governed by this body, the people who have the governance token, the people who have the voting rights of that DAO. And, um, and, and we'll work like that. So there is a company currently, this is a real company. The other ones I mentioned, Puppy Dog, uh, not so much. Uh, but Maker DAO is a protocol DAO that um, runs with the DAI token, governance token. And that is what maintains the, the, stable, the stable aspect of the Maker DAO. So they use the tokens to to the dollar, won't get into all that. I will do a episode on stable coins for you guys to really understand what that is, but we're going to talk components of Web3 like we are right now um, and then other things like that. The other thing is, is um, uh, protocol collector and social DAOs, which we did talk about. And then there's also investment ones. Like a lot of venture capital is coming into this space. Like I know you guys, if you've heard any episodes, prior episodes, I've said this so many times, but we have a lot of venture capitalist funds coming into the Web3 space. And so they're utilizing DAOs to create, you know, a huge fund. So it's not just like what they've been doing and raising funds in the past to create like a hedge fund or doing these things. Investment DAOs allow those people, venture capitalists, to kind of pool money together. And it doesn't have to be venture capitalists. I'm using that term because that's what they're utilizing DAOs for right now. Uh, So they are, you know, creating investment DAOs. Okay, so what are some of the well-known DAOs out there? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you um, 
this example, because I remember when this was happening actually like last year and I was like, oh my God, it was so fun to like watch the the crypto news reports and hear all the people in the space talking about it. Cause we literally, it was like one of those things, like you're just rooting for people and you're like, come on, we got this. We got this. I personally did not participate. Uh, I think I was still a little early on and still trying to like make my way through web three and I'm nowhere near, you know, where some people are in web three, but I'm definitely getting places and understanding things a lot more. And that's why I'm sharing with you guys with so much excitement and enthusiasm because Honestly, dudes, honestly, gals, like this is the place. So DAO, or the f- most famous one, is the Constitution DAO, okay? Constitution DAO, it literally is called that, Constitution DAO. I don't believe it even like exists. Maybe the members are still there. I don't think that you can even put money in it anymore. Um, basically, I will tell you what happened. So a bunch of people pulled together. It was 17,000 people pulled money together to try to buy the first ever copy of the U.S. Constitution. 17,000 people bound together to buy the first ever copy of the United States Constitution, and they lost, okay? Collectively, those 17,000 people raised $47 million to buy that constitution. So it's like, Hey, all these people coming together, Mona Lisa example, again, all these, you know, the money coming together, but they were outbid a guy named Ken Griffin. Come on, Ken, give it to the people. Ken is the founder of Citadel and he won the bid for the U S constitution. I don't know what he got it for. I'm sure you can easily look up constitution Dow or Ken Griffin, U.S. Constitution, what he actually paid for it, because we only had $47 million as the group. Again, I wasn't one of the 17,000, but I get—I mean, those are my people. Those are my people. So was definitely rooting for them uh, to win that. But guess what happened? Okay, so all that $47 million that they raised to do that, and then they lost the bid, all of that money was refunded back to all those 17,000 people. So it's like, hey, like we just disbanded the Constitution DAO. It's like, all right, it didn't work out. We weren't able to buy that. And so it wasn't like I put in $200,000 and I lost that $200,000. It's like, dang it, my percentage into that U.S. Constitution, like my ownership rights of that, like that I would have had maybe for that $200,000 just got refunded back to me. So it was like no loss to like any like buddy really other than not having the actual piece. So those are like some really interesting things that can be done with DAOs, right? Like like someone trying to buy the U.S. Constitution. And that actually was formed, I failed to mention, the Constitution DAO in November of 2021, which like when I got into crypto, I got in early 2021, so January around that time frame. And November actually was the peak of the entire like bull market, quote unquote, um, before we started transitioning into the bear market and into the economy that we're in currently. And we'll probably be in for, I don't know, six to 12 more months, maybe even longer, depending on what's going on and, and how are the government or I should not even say, I mean, the government and the Federal Reserve collectively handle things. But I mean, very, very cool ways of participating in different um 
things like, right. Like you can buy the constitution now, and this is available to anybody. Anybody can turn around and decide, Hey, I really have a vision to create a DAO around X, Y, and Z, some social project or to collectively come together and buy real estate, like through NFTs and those kind of things. I mean, there, the opportunities are endless. It's just about managing and figuring out, finding the team of people that you can work with. And that, that part isn't as hard as you might think. Like, I, I really think that a lot of us tend to have these ideas like, well, okay, like I, I could see myself maybe potentially, potentially investing into crypto or buying some tokens of some sort. But in terms of creating my own thing, I don't know. I'm like, I can't do that. And a part of that comes from our inability to see beyond ourselves. So we look at ourselves and and for me personally, I'm like, I'm not tech savvy. I don't know how to write a smart contract. I can fumble my way through writing a smart contract. Absolutely. I can make all those steps. I've gotten that far into it, but it's like, is that really my gift or can I like connect with somebody? Can I collaborate with somebody who does have an like experience writing smart contracts on the blockchain and utilizing the technology to help like get the project up and going? So remind yourself that regardless of how you show up in the Web3 world or the world you're living in right now with Web2 and creation and whatever you're doing, recognize that it doesn't have to be just with your skill set. You can team up with people and really be able to make a massive uh, difference and bring your ideas to life because gosh knows like how many ideas that we all have in our heads that most of them don't even see the light of day. Don't let that be you. There's so much potential. We talked about DAOs today. Again, decentralized autonomous organizations and how they're going to affect how we do business and how we engage with the blockchain. So I hope you learned a lot. I hope you've already like thought about grabbing your free words of Web3 mini dictionary down there in the show notes and description for you. As we pull this right into the station, make sure you stay seated and fully buckled until we come to a complete stop. Exit to your right, and we will see you on the next one. You made it. Congratulations. That wasn't so bad, was it? I hope you laughed and learned a little bit more about this Web3 universe and how simple and fun it can really be. Would you be so kind as to leave us a review and share it with your friends and family? It would mean so much to get this out to more people as we embark on the greatest transfer of wealth that has ever happened in human history. Can't wait to see you on the next one.